Welcome to the Tea with Tina, your favorite podcast where we talk all things health, fitness, lifestyle, and maybe a little bit of tea gets spilled. We chat all about this in a super casual environment. So grab your beverage of choice, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of the Tea with Tina podcast, where we talk about fitness, lifestyle, and maybe a little bit of tea gets spilled every now and then. All right, and on today's episode, it's kind of going to piggyback off of my last episode, episode 183. If you haven't checked it out yet, it's about having fun with life. So if you feel like you need some fun, you're kind of depressed, and you just need a little bit of oomph in your life, maybe go back and listen to that. There's a lot of good stories in there, um, and it's just a little pep talk. But today, we're going to be talking about the one skill that you need to overcome everything in life. And so I'm not going to lie about the layout of this podcast. What I did was I have my computer in front of me. (laughs) I have my notes app open. The other day, I had this idea come to me, and I just put on text-to-speech in my notes app, and I kind of talked out a whole podcast episode, (laughs) and it's here. Um, So I'm going to kind of walk through this. What I said, I'm going to read through it and elaborate as I feel that I need. (laughs) Okay, so the one skill that you need to overcome everything in life. And this one skill, I believe, the most important skill, and again, this kind of piggybacks off the fun episode, is the ability to reshape your vision and mindset of your current situation. So what do I mean by that? I mean the fact that my cat's food just dropped. (laughs) That's what you heard. Um, But I mean that life is always changing Okay, I feel like a lot of us get caught up in like, this is how life should be. You know, I go to work at this time, come home at this time, I cook dinner now, I do this, I go to this event. And it's like any second that this gets thrown off, it kind of upsets us, right? Because we have this vision and it can make us feel a lot of negative feelings because things aren't going the way we want them to. But I think once we learn to accept that life is very spontaneous, life is very sporadic, Life is usually not going to go how you uh, planned, but it's still worth it to plan because I planned January out for my business. I kind of have a framework of everything and that's just what it is. A framework. Did anything go exactly how I planned it? No. Every day I will have an idea of what I want to do and probably at least 50 to 60% of it goes off of what I thought it would but I still plan it because I have an idea of like this is what I want to get done this is what I want to do and if things need to shift around I'm flexible I'm mendable I you know adjust and go with the tide of those things and I think when you see that and you see that life has its ebbs and flows and when things don't go how you wanted to and you still learn to look at the positives for it and you're thankful for it I think that you'll be a lot better off because this doesn't make us naive to the negatives or the downsides or and it doesn't make us naive to the ability of wanting more, but it prevents us from being like unnecessarily mopey because what is dwelling on something that you can't change going to do, right? I always tell my clients and my followers control your controllables. That's all you can do. You can't change what that person's going to say to you, but you can control how you react to them right? You can't change the outcome of something, 
but you can choose what you do. Like people want to change the world. That's a big one. Everybody wants to change the world. And they always say the best way to change the world is to start with yourself. And it really can be powerful. You know, what can you do as a human? Show up as a really good person. Be kind to everybody that you meet. Um, be patient with people. Pick up garbage. Don't be a litterer. Um, plant native flowers in your yard, guys. Save the bees and the um, lightning bugs. I do that. <laughs> I do it. To, I'm like, yes, my little ecosystem. I'm contributing to the world. And when I see all the bumblebees and stuff in life, it makes me happy, right? Control what you can control. Perfect example for me, I've chatted about a couple of times on here is buying a house. I live in a housing market area that is crazy right now. It is like one of the worst in the country um on top of things already being crazy and the you know in our heads me and my husband we thought we would have a house by the time he was 30. well he's gonna be 30 in february and it doesn't look like we're gonna be buying a house anytime soon um it's just not in the cards and I don't want to force it into something that I don't want because I'm going to be stuck with that house for like 10, 20 plus years. Um, so why would I force something? We have a very specific vision for what we want for a house. Um, not as many people, like there's some people that don't care as much. Like, oh, you know, as long as the location's good, like they maybe don't care, but we really love the idea of having a house as our home base. We would like land. Um, we want privacy. So we have a lot of specific needs that we want. Um, and we're honestly taking it as far as if the market doesn't calm down in the area we're in within the next couple years, we are willing to move again. We are willing to move to another area that has better housing. So um, availability at least and better prices. So that's how important it is to us. But, and, and this happened to me, I was guilty a little bit um, where I was dwelling on that fact and it like consumed me and I was like, I don't have a house yet. You know, oh my God, we don't have a house yet. I feel like a failure. I feel like a loser. When are we going to get a house? And it ate away at me. And there's probably so many instances in your life that that happens with. Oh, I'm not where I need to be yet. It's eating away at me. And it, it does. It gnaws away at you and you don't even realize it. And then it affects everything in your life. And, you know, that we can't do that. <laughs> Because what am I going to do to get a house? I'm doing, as long as you know that you're doing everything in your power, like I pulled myself out of my nine to five job because I was topped out. Like no matter what I would do, I was going to make the same amount of money continually. And if I did get a raise, it was going to be a very minuscule amount, right? So I knew long-term if I pulled back and worked on my business where really the income is determined by how I structure my business and there's really no cap to how much money I can make, um, I know I'd be setting myself up for the future for the availability to buy a house because I'm going to have more time freedom, more income freedom, right? So I am doing everything in my power in that way. We're trying to save the best we can. We're trying to budget the best we can. Um, you know, we occasionally look at the market, but we're doing everything in our control that we can, right? So with you in your situation, you know, it, there could be so many things that this can apply to, but you know, if you're doing everything in your control, then you have to let go of everything else because you're doing everything that you possibly can. And I know that's easier said than done, but you have to let go <laughs> and just know that you're doing your best, right? Here's the thing. I can tell you that your mindset means everything and it's a skill like everything else. 
Your brain is an organ. It can be trained like a muscle and it needs to put the reps in to get stronger and to learn. So this is something that's a skill. Any behavioral stuff, any mental stuff where you have to work on yourself, it's a skill. And I always say I'm kind of addicted to self-improvement. I love it. And everybody should be addicted to self-improvement because it's so cool that we can kind of, you know, look in on ourselves we can learn from ourselves and we can better ourselves and it's so cool to look back over the years how i've improved as a person and something kind of uh personal that i realized this with is birth control so when i was um in my late teens early 20s i was on the birth control pill one that i'm on now actually and i remember my hormones were all over the place and One, I do think it was sometimes the side effects of birth control. I have way back earlier in my podcast, like close to episode one or two about my birth control journey, my hormonal journey, if you're interested in that. I had, you know, all these crazy side effects and these mood swings. And looking back on it now that I am on birth control again, and I do feel the changes and I'm really on birth control to just kind of help with um hormonal imbalances more so than like baby protection but that helps too um (laughs) but looking back on it i just from self-improvement and so much um self-reflection and knowing my body now i have so much better control over my emotions it's insane i felt like before in my teens um you know you're kind of going through puberty still so your hormones are swinging around but i felt like i was so out of control when i felt this rage i couldn't contain it or if when i was you know right before my period i couldn't contain it um the negative feelings or when i was happy it was just like this huge swinging pendulum but now i feel like i'm so much more in control and i'm able to regulate my hormones and it's so much more comforting knowing like okay it's PMS week. I'm feeling a little spicy, but like, I know why it's there and I can kind of control it. And I know what to do to keep things at bay versus when I'm happy, I know how to kind of contain it and, you know, not make it so I'm like manic, you know? Um, so that's been a really cool observation with myself. And that's been from years and years of gosh, over 10 years of self-development and working on me and trying to better myself and set boundaries and emotional regulation and learning about my body. And it's fascinating. We're always kind of shedding ourselves into new people. Just when you think that you've like found yourself, you're going to go into a new era of finding yourself and you're going to kind of change into this new person. You're still going to stay true to you at your core, but you're going to grow as a person due to your experiences that you have in life. And I just think that's so cool. So again, it's like putting in the reps and training your brain because you will get stronger over time and it does get easier over time. And, you know, I always say, what's the alternative? Just sitting here, staying the same, worrying, being miserable. Like, why wouldn't you rather put the effort in and you know, you gave your best and still have some improvements versus just sitting there and staying the same, right? So it's worth it. And going back to my notes of what I said to kind of shift gears a little bit, I have lived through many different situations in life um, where I have felt both sides of the spectrum and emotions. So this is in regards to viewing how you view things determines how you feel about things right so what i'm saying is that i've been in one situation 
And I've been on both ends of the spectrum throughout that situation, right? I've been on the super depressed, woe is me, let me blame the world for my situation. And I've also been on this in the same situation and I've been thankful, which has been so eye-opening to me because it made me realize that how you view the situation is truly how you feel about the situation. It's not the situation itself. It's how you view it. And that's so powerful. The fact that depending on how you change your viewpoint on something can determine how you feel and then your outcome, right? Which made me realize that how I felt about the situation was purely based on my brain's perceived outcome of the current situation. Uh, To clarify this a little bit, let's say we have a particular situation. I'll give you one. So this was a real situation from my first fitness training job, okay? Some of you will probably be able to relate. I had a nasty coworker. She would come in and bully me. Um, and I was in my early 20s at the time. And this was like 2018, right? No, 2017. And I was just starting to be a fitness trainer. So I was a little bit insecure, but I was excited. And I think that this girl was jealous of me because she would just... Uh, completely talk crap on me right to my face, right in front of everybody. And she was very passive aggressive about it. She was that kind of girl that she would kind of joke and it sounded sarcastic and you wouldn't catch it right away. But then you're like, wow, she just shit talked me. (laughs) Like it took you a second to realize it. And she just always had that condescending passive aggressive tone to her um, where she would say something in a cheery mood, but she was really just being a bitch. And I'm not somebody to react right in the moment. That is one of my weaknesses. I do not have witty responses to things. Um, If I'm angry, I usually go and simmer about it. And I'm like, ah, I wish I could have said this in the moment. And I would get really mad. And like, I'm somebody that has to think about something and then come back with a thoughtful response to it. Um, So I really struggled with that. I hated working around her because um, I was literally in therapy because of her, okay? I talked to a therapist about her. And she, this therapist taught me a lot about boundary setting, which was good and confronting her in a way that (laughs) I could say things in a way that was firm and would throw her off her guard, but it wouldn't make me out to be the bad guy. And also let's throw in that my husband was deployed to the Middle East at this time. So, um, my newly, I'm a newlywed wife. My husband went to the Middle East. Um, I'm starting this new training job and I have this girl bullying me. And I had two options. I could dwell on all the negative that is out of my control. I cannot pull him back from the Middle East. I cannot pull my husband back to me. Um, He had to be gone for a year, maybe longer if something happened. I cannot change the way this girl talks to me. I mean, I still have to show up to work. What am I going to do? Is it my fault that this job sucks? Like, I just want to give up. And I feel a lot of people fall down this rabbit hole. And I hate to say it, but this is why a lot of people resort to crutches, right? So like you're experiencing all this stress and you want to resort to things like drinking, smoking, watching TV. It numbs your mind, it distracts you. And not saying that this doesn't have its time and place, but you're never actually dealing with the problem, right? You're just pushing it aside and it never goes away. It's still there. And the longer you push it off, the more prominent it's going to be. And it's going to start screaming at you. So that's why you have to face your problems. And this can really come forward in health and fitness. A lot of the reasons that I coach people is you guys, usually if you cannot adhere to a health and fitness routine, it is due to much deeper reasons. And I know that sucks, right? You don't want to do deep work. That's hard. But 
it usually is. It's usually, you know, maybe you grew up in a house where your mom was always picking at her thighs, poking at her cellulite, poking at her belly, and you have these negative connotations with working out and dieting. You, you know, you grew around this extreme diet culture and you think unless you're doing an extreme diet, it's not gonna work because that's just what you were programmed to do. With fitness, you know, maybe you have it ingrained in you that you're just not athletic. You're not somebody who's gonna work out. You can't do that. You're, you're not good enough to do that. You know, there's so many different limiting beliefs, self-limiting beliefs that we talk about um, in ourselves that we don't even realize. And it's usually because we're distracted or busy and, and we don't have time to face them and sort through them. And anything to distract yourselves from these negative thoughts I think something that I like to tell people too that comes along with this is that you're allowed to be mad. You're allowed to be happy. You're allowed to be excited. You're allowed to feel emotions. And this goes especially for women because we, I feel, feel emotions a little bit deeper. But you're not allowed to dwell on any of them, the good or the bad. Feel them, accept them, and let them pass. You know, and and our feelings aren't always an accurate indication of what actually is, right? Um, If you're feeling angry, what I used to do is if I felt angry, I took it as a sign from my body that, oh, I'm feeling angry, so I must need to be angry. But no, that's not always the case. Emotions are emotions. Um, They're chemical reactions in our bodies. For one reason or another, they happen. And... Like I said, it doesn't always accurately determine your current situation. Um, So if you're happy, feel happy, move on. If you're sad, feel sad. You can have a couple days to cry and feel bad for yourself. Move on. Do not dwell on those feelings. Do not lean into those feelings. Just accept them, go with the flow, let them flow through you, and continue on with life. That will make your experiences that much easier. And here's the thing. When I dwell on that situation and many other situations in my life, is putting immense stress on my body. I was sick to my stomach coming into work. My stress was super high. I couldn't sleep because I had racing thoughts and I couldn't shut my brain off. And everything was negative. It was literally exhausting. All of these thoughts were affecting all of my daily functions. And I could say I don't know if it was a natural gift with this skill from a young age, but let me tell you a story within a story um, that I remember. Okay, so this dated back to, gosh, Christmas, when I received coal for Christmas, and I was probably three years old. I don't know when you really start to remember your first memories, but this was probably the very earliest memory. I was two or three years old. And for Christmas one year, my brother loved to play tricks on me. He was pretty mean. (laughs) He was 13 years older than me at the time, so he was like, you know, a teenager. And... I had one box for Christmas that year, at least before I got my real presents. And I opened the box and he pulled some rocks from our driveway and he put them in there and he said it was coal. And I looked at the rocks and he goes, you got coal for Christmas because you were bad. You don't get any presents. And honestly, I started crying. (laughs) Who wouldn't start crying? You were two or three years old. And I was really crying because I really thought I didn't get any presents. But after a while, after a couple minutes, and again, like this was like total instinct. I don't know if I've just been ingrained with this ability. But after a couple minutes, my brain naturally thought, I was like, you know, if this is all that I have, if these rocks are all that I have, I might as well make the best of it. So I literally started playing with the rocks and having fun with them, you know, moving them around and just, you know, trying to have fun with them because that's all I had. 
You know, I could have dwelled on the fact that I got the coal, the rocks, and that's all I had. But, you know, if that's all I had, then I'm going to make do with what I have and I'm going to play with them. And um, (laughs) my brother actually came in and started laughing because I was playing with them. That's his problem, not mine. But, you know, ever since I think about that memory, it reminds me of how we all should react to life, truly. If you want another extreme example of this, I brought this up in my last episode, uh, go read Man's Search for Meaning. It's something similar with um, a man who grew up in a concent well, not grew up, but he was in a concentration camp during uh, the war. And he, you know, as people were thinking of death and thinking that there was no hope and they were just going to die there, he held on to hope and, you know, thought of his wife, thought of good things, thought of happy things and made do with what he got. And he did get out. And I know that's an extreme example, but that just goes to show you from a little kid receiving rocks for Christmas all the way up to being locked up in a concentration camp, you can use this in any situation of your life. So getting back to the coal example, like I just naturally knew to make do with what I had, right? And maybe that doesn't come so easily to people, Um, but this has been a very helpful tool in my life. Because there have been many times I've faced adversity for one reason or another where I felt really low. And anytime I instantly feel that low feeling, it's like an instinct that I try to flip my brain to see the positive, to bring me out of that. And I believe the difference between successful and happy, quote unquote, happy people is that they know this skill. The happiest people and the most successful people do not Usually, there are exceptions, but they do not usually face anything less difficult than you. Oftentimes, they face more difficult things. This is why I love reading the stories of celebrities and successful people because it's very eye opening. You know, I always find it fascinating, like Britney Spears, for instance, reading her memoir, um, Jenna McCurdy. um, You know, they were building these lifestyles of celebrities and they lived through so much hardship something harder than I could even imagine growing up and it's like and they were still successful and it's because they learned even though they struggled they learned to reframe their mind and push through and do what's best and I I really do believe that that is the secret it's to learn to view the world and, and go with the ebbs and flows and know that not everything's going to be perfect and that you you need to make do with what you have in the current situation. And I began to look and reframe my mindset to view things in a positive light to focus on what I can control. And going back to the situation with the girl bully at my first gym job, I thought, I can't control this girl's feelings, but I can control how I react to them. And my therapist helped me to react in such a way... Um, that I don't know it's hard to explain but I don't know if there is even a phrase for how this works but I've learned that this from a couple of mentors in my life the same thing has kind of come up but when somebody tells you something that disagrees with you or makes you angry or makes you upset you initially want to react with rage or crying or being very aggressive because we get defensive right But there's a way that you can control your emotions and calmly react to the comment that they're saying and set up a boundary and mean business, but not to be rude. It really takes people back and makes them listen. A good example would be like with my parents. So um, this may be the case for some of you listening, but my parents have very strong political views. They're on one um, end of the spectrum. And I just don't like talking politics 
in general. I don't really care what people believe politics wise, but they seem to bring it into every conversation. And I just hate politics because it's politics are usually people's opinions and you're not going to make somebody change their views. And it's kind of pointless to chat about, right? <laughs> um, unless you're trying to be, you know, trying to solve something, it's really not going to do anything. What I was taught was if they continue to talk about the politics, you can say, hey, you know, I really just wanted to come visit you and spend some time with you and chat about some things that we enjoy. But if you keep continuing to talk about these politics, which I don't want to talk about, I'm going to have to leave. Okay, do you see what I did there? It wasn't, you know, yelling or accusing like, oh my god, you always talk about politics. I'm so sick of this. No, you simply calmly stated a fact, a cause, and a reaction. If I, if you keep talking about these things, I'm going to have to leave. I came here and I wanted to talk, talk about pleasant topics, but I'm sorry, you're gonna have to leave. And going back to the girl um, at Planet Fitness, my first gym job, she, what I did with her was I said, hey, um, these things that you're saying about me are not true. And I would appreciate it if you stopped talking about me like that and it was something along those lines you know and I don't remember exactly what I said but it did take her back because she wanted to say those things to get a reaction out of me and she didn't get the reaction she wanted so it became boring to her so she stopped <laughs> she stopped so it's that's a really cool technique that I've used with people throughout my life so that's been really important but with that being said I may have rambled your head off a little bit, but it's so funny because I have these long paragraphs and like talk to text did not, did not organize them in the way that I wanted, but <laughs> we are here. So the one skill you need is the ability to reframe how you view your current situation and look at it as a challenge. Look at it as like, what are the positives of this current situation? And let me tell you, if you woke up breathing today, which you were because you're listening to this, that is all the reason you need to be grateful. You are alive. You have the opportunity to do something with yourself today, create something positive, do something good, um, have fun, do something today. So that's another opportunity. And that's something worth being excited about. All right. So other than that, I think that's all I got for you today, guys. Thanks for tuning in with me. Thanks for listening to my little ramble. I hope this helps. I always try to go into these podcasts. There are some podcast episodes that are a little bit more like educational, but I want it to be like you're chatting with a friend. You know, you're chatting with me. Um, we're hanging out. We're having a casual conversation. Maybe you're doing dishes. Maybe you're driving. Maybe you're cleaning. That's the goal. All right. So thanks for tuning in with me and we will chat soon. Bye.